from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 197. Today's show is kindly brought to you by Squarespace and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. What's up, Mr. Hurley? Sorry for the delay this morning. Uh, these stinking computers sometimes like to update uh, when you're not ready for them. Yeah, we were a little bit late on the on the live stream today, which, by the way, you should listen live to the show. It's fun. We have a chat room. You can find out more information at relay.fm slash live. There's a link to go to our schedule so you can find out when the show broadcasts live. And we were a little late today because uh, Brad's computer updated uh, to the new version of OS X without him wanting it to happen. So it was stuck in a bit of a reboot mm. loop, which is even more a shame because we have such an incredible guest today. It's I know, a shame I know. to which, keep awaiting. I know, which is also why you should be in the chat room so you can talk to Anna Reinert. How are you doing today, Anna? Good. Thank you very much. It's been too long. It's always too long. Even if I had you on like every four weeks, it'd be too long. <laughs> Thanks. The funny <laughs> thing now is like you say it's been too long and then we'll be doing this again in three weeks. Which exactly. is <laughs> it's like we we've changed it and now we're gonna keep doing it forever. And then you guys will be tired of me. Never. <laughs> can you can you believe it's only like three, three and a half weeks away, Anna? I know, I can't believe it. I'm super excited. Yeah, so we're gonna do a bit of a uh Atlanta pen show primer today, later on in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's sandwiched in between a bunch of great little pen topics and we have uh some Honor expert questions at the end of the show. Yes, those were the best. But first off, I need to declare uh, my hate for Brad Dowdy. <laughs> uh, we may actually not get to episode 200 uh, if he continues <laughs> being the person that he is. So a couple of days ago, um, I saw a tweet fly by from Kevin Rose. Kevin Rose is a hero of mine. I uh, He was... The first podcast that I ever listened to or watched, he was a part of it, uh, Dignation. He ran Dig, which I loved, and he's an investor. He's really just a fantastic person in my eyes. I see a tweet that says, At Dowdyism, any interest in coming on my podcast, DM me. <laughs> and I can't even tell you the words that I sent to Brad uh, in Slack. <laughs> yeah, even uh, like the Slack bot was not happy with you, I don't think. No, um, no. We have a language filter there, and the Slack block is very angry if we start swearing. And I was using some of the worst words uh, possible. So uh, I, I have uh, used this to my advantage <laughs> at every turn with Mike. Mm-hmm. Keeps bringing it up. Keeps yeah, bringing keep... it up. Yeah, so um, Kevin and I set it up. He actually turned it around really quick. What was that, like Friday? I think that uh, he tweeted me on Friday, and... Uh, so I DM'd him and he said, well, how about tomorrow morning? And I couldn't do it Saturday morning. And I said, I'm, I said, I'm wide open on Sunday. He said, okay, great, Sunday. So I was like, wow, this is quick. Um, and it went really well. So uh, me and uh, me and Kevin had a had a nice chat. Uh, I, as, I, as I told Mike, I just call him Rose now. We're like, yeah. we're on that level. Mm-hmm. We're buddy buddies like that. We yeah, just, sure. he, I call him Rose. He calls me Dowdy. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. we're tight like that now. And, mm-hmm. and Mike mm-hmm. loves that. Is he coming to the pen show? Is he, is he going to stand on your table and help sell your goods? That'd be okay do by that? me. Huh? That'll huh? be okay by me, but no. But if I ever get up to NYC, maybe I'll have to see if I can uh, take him on the NYC stationary tour, which uh, he wanted to talk about because he's up in New York now and didn't know all the cool places he could go get all the the stationery that we're talking about. So it was good. I don't know when it's going to be released. I think it. He's got a new project with this newsletter and this podcast. 
it's separate from the other things he's doing. Yeah. And I think I know the newsletter is only monthly. So I don't know if the podcast is tied in with that as well. Only once a month. But uh, so it's a little tricky to actually subscribe to the podcast. So I've put a link in the show notes to a website that, that Kevin set up for his email newsletter called the journal email. You can go there. And I think if you sign up, you get an email which has a link to the podcast but if you just search in your podcast app so in itunes or overcast or pocketcast or whatever you use for the journal kevin rose you'll be able to subscribe there's one episode in that feed so far and i assume that within the next couple of weeks um i'll just be straight up deleting episode two which has brad dowdy <laughs> no i'm very i genuinely i whilst i'm incredibly jealous like incredibly jealous I am so excited and proud because this is like crazy. Kevin Rose is like the man. Uh, this is pretty crazy. It's it's legitimately crazy. Yeah, like um, I, I'm interested to see what comes out of this. Not that I'm looking for anything, but I'm just more anxious. Like his newsletter's got thirty thousand subscribers on it. So, you know, if I get a link in there, that's that's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And we also hit a. We also got a couple other weird, just random mentions. Oh, this is so strange. So, like, after the show post last week, we started getting a bunch of links to a YouTube video mm-hmm. um, from Mental Floss, and we've been in the Mental Floss magazine once. Um, yeah, we've been on on the website once, in the physical magazine once, um, maybe twice on the website. I can't remember, but yeah, they're 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 good supporters of ours, good fans of ours. And this video uh, is one of their kind. It's kind of like a list video by a guy called Mike. I believe you'd say his name Rignetta, uh, who I really like. He's got a great style. He did a really good XOXO talk uh, one year that I was there. I'll find that and put that in the show notes. It's just a good a good conference talk if you're interested in such things. And the list is 37 bizarre podcasts. Uh, picking the number 37 is bizarre enough on their part. Um, and they basically list a bunch of really weird podcasts, like super niche stuff is kind of what they're going for. And uh, we are part of that uh, list. Um along with a couple of other stationary shows like Erasable and stuff like that, which is which is cool. I I uh, wish that we would have got a little bit more attention like some of the other shows did, right? We mm-hmm. just got like a brief mention. I would have loved for them to dig into the majesty that is the Pan Addict, but it was nice and weird to see us there. And then in a way that I'm sure came off the back of this, there was a CBC radio article um where it was basically like a game for you to guess which <laughs> podcast is real. So they would like present they present two shows to you. One of them is real, one of them they made up, and you have to guess. And I don't understand why this happened, but the one that we are, so we're like the last round, mm-hmm. they're both real shows. I know, because I used to listen to the Golden Horseshoe review when we were going to Disney World. I, did, I just, it feels a little bit lazy. Like, they they had the <laughs> amount of shows that they were looking for. They ran out of ideas, so they just put me... Uh, me and you and the golden horseshoe review against each other even though they're both real i don't really understand how all of that came to be but we're now on in two different weird different places this week so it's been a strange week for the pan addict podcast it has been a strange week anna if you were making up a list of bizarre podcasts that you listen to do you have do you have like one or two that's just like i would be embarrassed to uh mention this except brad's gonna make me mention it 
Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of had a feeling that what the answers might be, so I I felt pretty good about asking that question. (laughs) So what what would it be? I wasn't expecting this, but let me pull up my overcast, and I'll let you know. (laughs) Um, I listened to one. um, The title of the podcast was unacceptable to um, iTunes, Uh (laughs) so they abbreviated it. This one's for the ladies out there. It's called the DBSA Podcast. You're welcome to look it up. Okay. Um, it is about romance novels, and they are hysterical. Amazing. But it is definitely not safe uh, for work. That sounds awesome, actually. That that No, it, that's a totally bizarre podcast that sounds totally awesome. It is totally awesome because they... It's... Um, it's I started listening to it because I found the blog, and they did reviews. And <laughs> it's um, Smart <clears throat> Bees. Uh-huh. Uh, Trashy Books is the title of the blog. So DBSA is a variation of those words, but they wouldn't let them use the B word. What I love is the artwork for the show has it written out on it, though, which I think oh, is yeah. fantastic. Like the system wouldn't allow it to be in the title, but yet it's just on the artwork anyway, which is front and center. I found it on iTunes. I've put it in the show notes for people to go and listen to if they want. But um, they they interview some of the uh, sort of most famous uh, romance novel authors and they talk about what their favorite books are to read so if you've ever wanted to read romance novels they sort of recommend and based on your own person proclivities so if some people like the uh prairie you know western romance (laughs) novels some people like the um urban fantasy uh vampires and werewolves and stories like that but um so they come each week it's a different sort of different genres within the category so it's really fun. And actually, a lot of my friends listen to it, too. And we're like, I didn't ever read <laughs> romance novels, but now I do. So I, so I don't know that I could have gotten a better answer than that, to be quite honest. Well, come on, Brad. You can't just ask a guest this question. You've got to fess up, too, now. Um, yep. You know what? I don't have one right now. And I used to subscribe to it. And let me look up the name. It was either called, gosh, was it called Heart? Um, it was... um. Yeah, I don't have anything right now. Oh, let me find the name of it. It was basically a, a sexuality podcast with these uh, these women just did an amazing job, you know, talking about different types of things. And I'm totally blanking. Um, it had a heart in the name, then they changed the title of it, and now it's not currently in my feed. But I will find it before we get out of here and um, figure out the name. But uh, it's a really, really good podcast. It's really popular right now. Oh, and, um, is this is it got orange artwork? It's an NPR show. That's sex and money. Sure. No. Yeah. Okay. No. 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 All right. Well, no. I'll find it. Enough. I'll find it though because it was actually really, really good and really enjoyable and uh, very informative. To the general public, uh, my probably most embarrassing podcast. Uh, I don't listen to this very often, but I pick out the ones that I want to listen to, which is the Steve Austin show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a not so much anymore closeted wrestling fan. And mm. the Steve Austin show is one of the, the podcasts that I listen to in that vein. So nice. I yeah, I you've you've kind of um hit the uh the wrestling thing once or twice. You've snuck that in, but I didn't I didn't realize it. Yeah, I yes. uh I've become less less uh closeted recently. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this podcast that I was talking to is actually called The Heart, theheartradio.org. Um and I don't know if that's its uh, current iteration. Definitely not. Definitely NSFW. Um, it's on Radiotopia now, it looks like. Oh, okay. Cool. So, yeah, that's a good one. I actually need to put that back in my queue. 
Well, there you go. Cool. That, that, we took a weird diversion. Yeah, we did. Yes, but we I did. think it was, a, it was a good diversion. You know, when you have guests on, you, you want to talk about some different things. But uh, we'll, we'll get back on topic right here. Anna, have you ever completely spilled a bottle of ink somewhere in your house, desk, floor, rug, anything like that? I have at work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's better or worse. It's probably better because um, <laughs> maybe you could play it off knowing where you work and, and all of the... Um, the inks and pens and stuff you have laying around, you could probably get away with that a little bit more than at home. Yeah. And at work, all of our carpet is those like big 12 by 12 tiles. Mm. So you just pull up your tile and you put it somewhere else. (laughs) That's amazing. I know exactly what you're talking about. We had those at work, Uh, but we we had a question last week. Um, uh, Sarah dropped a bottle of dragon's napalm on the rug and we actually got a picture of it this week after the show um it's pretty bad (laughs) so uh, it was i had no idea it was like cream colored carpet too boy that is brutal yeah so it looks like they tried she tried to clean it uh pretty hard and she was asking for recommendations and our recommendation was to get new carpet so she's going to take an even better suggestion and uh, just get a rug to cover that up so that's that's probably a good move there have you you talked about uh, my ink bottle breaking? Have you ever done that, Mike? Did we talk about that last week? No, luckily never. Um, yeah. I always get terrified when I'm uh, inking something in my <laughs> in like in in the room here because the, the carpet's cream. Mm-hmm. I know one day, like because one day I'm just going to get like just a few flecks or something, which is bad, yeah. you know, even on its own, let alone spilling a whole bottle. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. Actually, I just looked at my floor in my studio, my hardwood <laughs> floors, and it is—it actually looks like a freaking rainbow down here. <laughs> so yeah. that's apparently I spill though. ink all the time. <laughs> but we could point I'm that out to sure you. I'm pretty sure that's that's Kujaku, and um, I bet that's a uh, black, uh, black swan and Australian roses. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I can take a picture. You guys can try to guess what what this is down here. Yeah, do it. Do it. Send it. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of show notes, Mike, what happened after last week? We got uh, we got all kinds of cool stuff going on with this place. Yeah, so uh, our listeners, as I uh, hoped and expected, have taken the mantle of helping us try and build the idea of the new starting point for the show for new listeners. And we've had a, some great suggestions. I want you to keep sending them in. Um, we're going to go over this at another point. But one of the really good things that have been suggested by a few people is that uh, a bunch of our old episode show notes are on the uh, Wayback Machine, on the web archive. So there's a, the Wayback Machine of the 5x5 website has a bunch of the show notes in that the feed uh, doesn't, didn't uh, and doesn't on the Relay FM feed. So you can go there and find them. Uh, we can maybe try and find some way to incorporate these back in. I don't know how we could do that. Um, but we're going to look into it. But at least for now, if you are, well, I mean, if you're thinking of going back and listening, because if you're listening to the old episodes now, you're not hearing this, so it's not so useful for you. Uh, but if you're thinking about going back, as I know actually that some people are now to help us compile um, our kind of uh, pen addict history for new listeners, uh, you can find the show notes at the Wayback Machine, and there will be a link in the show notes of this episode for that. Yep. And one of the uh, listeners recommended who I thought when I thought it was a good idea, who is listening from the beginning. It's a new listener, 
but they wanted to be up to date on you know the the current episode so they didn't miss anything like if something like was time mm-hmm. constrained so they actually stick in their order of wherever they are in listening through the historic episodes and then when the new one comes out they listen to it and then go back to the place where they were so they kind of have like the most current 10 they've listened to and then are through like episode you know 75 so something like that so i thought that was a good idea so you can get some of the current stuff i don't know how you could keep like that in track in your head (laughs) i have much respect for people that can listen to the two different points and work out where they are in that that's Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of amazing yeah, I also have much uh, much respect for people who do uh, amazing artwork of <laughs> you and me, right? Because oh we're, yeah, yeah, we're not the most handsome individuals, but um, the artwork usually turns out pretty amazing. In mm-hmm. this case, uh, long... and by the way, speak for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> 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 but uh, this one is is really cool. A long, long, long time listener and follower. Uh, Mia put this out on uh, Instagram, and it's just the coolest, uh, coolest link I've seen in a long time of little uh, of show art. And uh, what did you think about this when you saw it? Oh man, I'm so happy about this. So it's basically it's uh, mine and Brad's uh, facial hair and glasses is the focus <laughs> of the artwork next to each other, and it is surprisingly good. Like it's you see it and you're like, yeah, no, that's the two of us. Mm -hmm. which is kind of amazing because there's no facial features, but it works perfectly. Uh, Mia did a great (laughs) job of capturing my moustache, especially. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, this is fantastic. I want this. Yeah, this is legit good. Yeah. Like, I I was thinking that too. I was like, I need, like, this somehow in my life. Like, either digitized or something like that because uh, I I was actually thinking about getting my hair cut and the... the way uh the way that thing is growing in that picture uh it makes me want to keep keep growing it out <laughs> <laughs> keep going for it man keep going for it yeah this is awesome we need some anna artwork um mixed into here ha- have you ever had anything like this Anna, or seen anything like this from any of your readers or fans um well my icon on instagram is actually um a drawing that my friend sandy did of me oh at nice a meeting. yeah i've seen that one that's very cool yeah so Super she cool. um uh, Sandy Devaney, and I can find a link. She actually has a, an Instagram of her doodles now. I think it's Sandy Doodles, but I will uh, pull that up and put it cool. in the notes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, a long, long, long time ago, I had a, um, a comic artist do some like digital um, headshots of me that I used for a while. Like it was my Twitter avatars and things like that. Those came out really I good. I still I use think them. I remember I'll that. Out every now. Yeah, uh, Eric Marced. Um, he did the work, and uh, I use them from time to time because they're still they're still accurate because they're they're really good. And they're I have a bunch of different size digital files and and things like that. So it's pretty cool. You could just use that um, that artwork from the Boston Globe, though. <laughs> Everyone reminds me of that. Anytime I ask for like artwork or, you know, like I did the wallpaper things, people just don't hesitate to shoot that to me. They must, people, some listeners must have that like hot length to a shortcut on their keyboard if I say something, because that, that picture shows up way too quickly in my feed when I ask for something. Well, you never forget it. So once you yeah. see it, you never forget it. That actually needs a t-shirt is what it needs. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no one should put that on themselves. <laughs> I'd do it. I'm not scared. Oh, <laughs> um, I just wanted to mention something. I was looking for Kickstarter today. Uh, and I saw an update from the Baron Fig Squire project. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're shipping now. 
Um, so they're yep. shipping on time. And I just wanted to mention this because I thought that it was quite cool that they did it. Um, they had like over 1,700 uh, packers. Mm-hmm. It's their first pen and they're shipping on time. Yeah, uh, that's good. I mean, yeah. they. so the one thing that sounds what they did differently than a lot of these um, other manufacturers that are delayed is they really got their planning on lockdown before they even launched the product as far as uh, dates and meeting dates and quantities and things like that from their manufacturer. So um, that's good good planning on their part and um, everything executed well. So that uh, that bodes well. Hopefully it's uh, going to be uh, uh, as sweet as a pin as it as it looks in the uh, in the picture. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it. Yeah, I guess we should have ours relatively soon. They said they're shipping out by backer. We backed real early, right? Mm-hmm. Because yep. uh, they were on the episode, so... Yeah, yeah, real early, like uh, first day, probably. Yep. So there we go. So did you get your, your Field Note Sweet Tooths in? No. Really, not yet. Well, how about you, Anna? You got the Sweet Tooth? I can't I can't help but call it Sweet Tooth. Sweet I gotta, Tooth. I can't. Yeah. Did you get them? Yes, I did. And what I actually, I, I waited and I opened them this morning. So yeah, I just did that excited. too. I just opened them um, this morning myself, so let me let me hear your your first thoughts on on what you think about this edition, just overall. Initially, I was kind of hmm, okay. wasn't like didn't get super excited, but I started writing in the uh, the red one, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what they called this one. Is this a raspberry? Um, but I started writing in it this morning while I was waiting for you to get your computer up, and uh, <laughs> um grabbed a couple of the jelly roll pens and this bright red paper is so much fun with the opaque gel pens so if you have a bunch of jelly pens like i use the the uh, opaque white um the black and uh like a turquoise one mm-hmm. and it looks so good and the, because the paper is a little bit heavier it's a 70 pound instead of i think they were using 60 65 pound um mm-hmm. no no show through at all so they're kind of fun. And I, I kind of like, I really like blank ones. So mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with no lines. Do you rip, do you rip a page in. out? Do you rip a page out not. yet? So the I perf is really strong in a good way. I mean, it sounds like a, a machine gun rattling off when you rip it out, but it's very clean. So it's good. It's super, super strong perf. And I, I chose the blue one to, to write in, um, and the fountain pens do really, really well on this paper. I noticed the paper's a little bit rougher, and that's not a negative. Like, there's just more feedback when you write on it than, you know, some other pages, even like their stock 60-pound um, paper um, is a little bit smoother. But there is zero bleed, feathering, anything like that. And so what surprised me the most about fountain pen inks on there is you could actually see the sheen, which I would not have considered mm. happening on this page um in just like a standard blue inks i can see it um the red inks don't show up well on the blue which doesn't surprise me but i can completely see the sheen across the whole ink so um the way it's drying on this paper is pretty unique um you know this isn't a notebook i'm going to use daily um it's just kind of a fun to have i love the foil stamping on the cover they did a really good job on that mm-hmm. um the style and the color and everything looks good um it's just not a super functional notebook for me it's just not one i'm going to be plowing through all these notebooks you know but the um um what do they call it the practical applications in the back are fantastic because there's some very passive aggressive things in there that i would normally do with like a post-it note if you had laying on your desk at your office like if you put on the refrigerator like don't eat my lunch again or you park terribly there's some really hilarious 
um, stuff you would use like ripping where you need to rip a sheet of paper out of a small notebook and leave someone a little passive aggressive a note. I'm, I'm definitely pro pro that. Are they all the same? The practical um, applications in the red, blue yes. and yellow. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I only looked at the blue one. So I was just reading the ones yeah. that were in the back of the blue one. Yeah. You park like an idiot. <laughs> Knock loudly. I'm yeah. upstairs. Bring wine. Yeah. <laughs> Egg hiding spots. Yeah. So it's yeah. they they took into account the uh, the removable paper aspect of it. I would like, I you know I you know we always say this about field notes, Mike, and and we do this all the time. Is like I'd be okay to see this like in a regular edition, you know, the full full perforated um, notebook because you never get that. I actually the colored paper. I wish I had gotten the sweet tooth edition when I started the um, rock your handwriting challenge because this mm -hmm. paper would have been really fun for that. Um, Cause I actually really like the color paper. Yeah. And I think really fun. it does good with the gels. The only thing I've have not had good luck with on just in my small testing of what I had at hand was um, drawing pens, like the plastic tip pens. They don't like this paper very much. Um, it, like a it, micron. Yeah. Yeah. It feels kind of, it makes it feel even more plasticky. Like you can, or waxy almost feeling with it. Um, it felt a little bit different than, and then everything else worked fine. Um, Which tip balls, size were you ones. using? Uh, zero one. So very, very fine. Yeah. So I, imagine I was if I using used a, a zero one. one too. And it just, um, I think a paper is a little bit more absorbent. I'm wondering if maybe mm -hmm. like a point, an 0.2 or the 0.5 might work a little bit better or like a Sharpie, yep. Sharpie yep. pen. Yep. Very much so. You said something just a second ago and I meant to put this in the show notes. Tell us about the rock your handwriting thing you're doing. I've been following you on Instagram. Um, it was a challenge. Um, uh, Boho Berry mm -hmm. does a, a lot of the bullet journaling uh, projects. Um, she and uh, I think three or four other bullet journalist um, people uh, set up a challenge to basically get people excited to practice their handwriting. Mm -hmm. um, it started last month and they did just like a a 30 day challenge with just little prompts for each day, um, just to practice your handwriting. And, um, so this was the second month. And so I decided to just jump in and start the second month. Um, and so I've been doing it every day, um, which for me was, I was trying to figure a way to do it. Um, that wasn't going to be super overwhelming. So, um, I grabbed a field notes, um, which is, you know, three by five, very small. I thought I can commit myself to doing a handwriting practice that was only, you know, three and a half by five, like mm -hmm. a little tiny bit. Um, and something I could do literally like at lunch, you know, right. or something like that. And, um, it's just been really fun and, um, really inspiring and has gotten me back into kind of doing a little bit more drawing, a little bit more playing with tools and, um, just sort of working regularly. So it's been I've really enjoyed it, and it's um, just, I think it's that, um, the creative challenge thing. Like, once you get yourself into a habit of doing something, whether it's writing, drawing, sketching, um, journaling, whatever, if you can sort of get past that first two weeks, I really think yeah. that's sort of the big hurdle. If you can just get through the first two weeks of doing something regularly, um, then it starts to be that thing of like, oh, it's uh, it's three o'clock and I haven't done that thing yet that I said mm -hmm. I was going to do today. You know, um, you get excited about doing it, and that's been really great, I think, and I've gotten really excited about doing it. So yeah, yeah it's, it's been, been really cool. nice to see uh, on your Instagram 
the authors. Do, not even so much to read, whilst there is interesting stuff in there. I just like looking, you know, because it's very pretty. Thank yeah, you. I, I've always liked your handwriting anyway, um, the the way you style your letters, just your natural handwriting, um, like when you're trying to, when you're doing just like some very basic lettering, something, you, you know, you're just throwing out there real quick. I've always in, enjoyed seeing that. So keep it up. Thank you. And maybe M- Mike, you need to join in the hashtag when you, uh, when you get your lettering box. If it ever arrives, it should be arriving <laughs> today, actually. Very excited. Oh, is, is that the, is that what you're waiting for from Art Snacks? Yes. Your lettering box? Lettering I'm so jealous. Box. I missed the opportunity. I was, I, I waffled about subscribing to the lettering box thinking I have so many things that i'm mm. not sure if i need anything else so i was like i'll wait no i'll subscribe no i'll wait no i'll subscribe and then i'm like <laughs> well sold out you're screwed <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's okay yeah there's there's always good good lettering stuff to go around and you know like we talk about too we get all these these toys but really all you just need is a hotel ballpoint and a back of an envelope right yeah absolutely i just need somewhere to start right like i, I yeah. don't have anywhere to start a kick in the butt yeah well and i um the Boho Berries there, um, has like even her very first, the first challenge that they did for Rock Your Handwriting, which was really like, just write the lowercase alphabet, write the uppercase alphabet, um, you know, just to get, you know, see what it looks like. And then some of the exercise, you know, just the little steps that they have um, so that by the time you get to the, the 30th a day to see if you've ha- if your handwriting has changed at all or if the shape of your letters or... You know, just getting yourself to practice and slow down just a little bit if that helps get your shapes more even or more consistent. Yeah, that's awesome. I I, I need to get in on this too. Just just as it, it's always about using things for me, and and sometimes I need that little extra you know impetus to to break out all the tools and just sit down and take thirty minutes of quiet time and focus on something like that. That's that's what I'm missing out of my life these days. Um, a lot of times I get wrapped up in other things and don't sit down and have just. 30 minutes of focused, you know, quiet brain time to just work on things like that, which uh, would be quite enjoyable. Another thing I got in the, I got in the mail this week and uh, Anna, you mentioned it to me, the Blackwing volume Steinbeck. Did you get yours in? Arrived. Um, mine arrived yesterday, but I stopped, forgot to stop at the post office to pick it up. So I'm mm. really mad. <laughs> They're there and I don't have them in my hands and I'm not going to work today. And my post office box is right next to my office. So I'll have to wait until Wednesday. Yeah, well, they're they're pretty awesome. I I will say. Um, and Mike, did you see these online? Uh, I did. Yes. So what do you what do you think? I know you're not like the the super pencil super wooden wooden pencil guy, but what do you think about seeing something like this? So I know that everybody's really freaking out about these. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel so terrible. It just it's it's just a black pencil. Yeah, don't feel I don't, terrible. I don't get it. I don't get it. I know that that maybe I'm miss. I feel like I'm missing something, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think some of these lettering editions have been really cool. Mm-hmm. Like I love the guitar one and the one that they did last time with like the movie mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But this is this one's just all black. Yeah. So I have them, and I have all the editions uh, since the beginning, and this is the worst looking one. <laughs> Okay, good. I'm I'm glad you agree with me because this. Right, I tell you, I tell you why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Okay, so Tony is saying in the chat room there's a new lead formation. I get, I get, this is what I'm saying. I get that there might be some stuff going on, right? I'm sure they're yes. doing some crazy things, you know. There's like it's, a- but I'm, I'm judging them purely on the way they look because that's yes. all I have to go on. And these don't look as cool. There's a huge butt coming in with this one. So they don't look nearly as good. Um, I don't like the all black barrel with the stamped, the painted over stamping of the Palomino Blackwing. Like the traditional, the the 602 they redid with the um, with the gray and the gold gold stamping. Um, that's still the best looking Blackwing to me. Not counting the um, the the volumes editions, the the guitar one, the wooden one. Um, both look better than anything else that they've ever done. I don't like the glossy, shiny. I don't like the glossy paint job next to the shiny black ferrule. It doesn't match well to me. But that said, I didn't buy them for how they look. I mean, I think in general they look great. But yeah, it's an, just a solid black pencil. But I bought them for the the graphite core. You see, I have no idea about any of this, right? Because I'm just not a woodcase guy. So yeah. what's going on here then? Why? Wh- one thing what's so different and two like how do you innovate pencil lead it feels so out of it to me (laughs) what they did what the way that they have the blackwing product line set up right now there's three lead grades um there's a very soft a medium soft and then a somewhat firm this one is designed to be firmer than their firmest one which is the 206 so they don't have this core on offer in any of their other lineup um, and most of their leads are really soft in in comparison, which is why I like the 602 the most. It's the firmest of the bunch. This one's firmer. It's just as dark. So when you have a firmer lead, the um, the point retention is much, much better. Um, you can keep a sharper point for a longer time and, and sharpen fewer. Um, whereas like an artist would like, you know, a softer lead that can do shading and different things and, and not always have like a firm tip. This is a great writing pencil. Um, which is what it was it was designed around. So that's what has me excited about these. I could do with or without the black, um, all black. And I, and I love my all black pens. Um, and I'm not saying this looks bad, but it's it's I definitely like the style of the other three better. But the writing, the actual writing with it is really, really exceptional. And uh, I, I'm enjoying this this pencil very much so far. So... We'll see. I, we'll see uh, how it how it continues to grow, and if they if they get this um, core into other lineups. That was what uh, the guys on Erasable were talking about. How the volume so far, the first three editions were basically a rotation of the three existing cores. What are they going to do? Are they just going to keep rotating these through? Um, so every every third one will be the six hundred two core, um, and they went and introduced something uh, completely different, which um, I think got everyone pretty excited. So. I can imagine it it being exciting. Like if this is your thing, like I don't really get it because I'm just mm-hmm. not that. This is just not my my thing. Uh, yeah. But you know, a new thing like this is cool, and so that's why I guess people are super excited about this edition. Where like I look at it on the face of it, and I'm like, this looks like a step back because the other ones have been so cool looking. But yeah, I get so it. So which which lead grade do you prefer out of the black wings on? Do you have a do you have a strong preference or not really? Um, I've preferred the Pearl mm-hmm. up until this point, but I'm pretty excited about um, trying out the Steinbeck just because I do actually like um, a firmer, like harder lead, um, especially for um, sketching, just because I tend to um, 
paint or draw over my sketches. So I mm. want the lines to be really light so that it's just a rough um, drawing that then I can go over. So Yeah, and, and actually these lines are darker than I, I would anticipate. I order um, a lot of H grade leads up to about mm -hmm. mm, maybe four um, has been about as hard as I've gone and which are obviously very, very light and very firm. This is not a light lead at all. So, um, but it's the point retention is definitely better than like the 602. You can actually get, um, as you're rotating the pencil, you can actually see a point starting to create like right in the center. So it doesn't like wear down completely to where it's just like at a complete angle. Um, it's like going around the center of the pencil, which tells you it's, it's pretty firm. Good. I'm, I'm really excited to see to, um, to actually use them. And I actually kind of like the sort of all black edition. Um, mm -hmm. A couple of my friends immediately saw it and said, it's the man in black. <laughs> so um, it's, it's actually the edition that um, got me to subscribe. Oh, cool. I had not mm. subscribed up until this point. It's the first. So this nice. was the one that I said. And I think to your point, up until this point, they've just used the, their core LEDs mm -hmm. um, with just basically different paint jobs. And right. for me, that wasn't enough to get me to subscribe. Yep. Um, I've pretty much bought every edition, but wasn't inclined necessarily to subscribe. But this one was the one that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to subscribe. This is legitimately a different um, lead formulation and you guys are doing some interesting things. So I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, and this was the first one I actually bought extras of, and, and it wasn't because of the design; it was because of the lead. And you know, is it going to end up? In you other needed things? to have twenty-four. That's right, and I wanted to give some away too, so I bought a bunch of extras. I actually bought two extra boxes, but uh, I want to give one entire box away, and then I'll have some extras in there. So, so look for that at some point somewhere. But um, I just I, want to uh, mention the irony is not lost on me that. Uh, I'm excited for simple color field notebooks because of the paper and the perforation inside. Like um, mm -hmm. the irony of that is, is not lost on me, right? <laughs> that I don't get the pencils because they're one color, but they have something different on the inside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just where my my <laughs> feelings lie. But like, so the irony of that is not it's not lost on me, pencil people. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into some of this pen show stuff because it is so close. It's not even funny. Um, Can almost but smell it. We can almost smell it, and um, but let's let's talk about one of our friends first. Um, the the always excellent smelling Harry's. Oh, nice, nice segue. This episode yeah, is brought you. to you by Harry's. We're wrapping up the third month, uh, Harry's anniversary month, and if you sign up to be a new customer of Harry's today, you can try three of their expertly crafted five blade German razors along with a handle and shave cream for just ten dollars. Everybody knows good things come in threes, right? So do Harry's stuff. Harry's make their own blades, right? These blades that I'm talking about, the blades that we always talk about on this show, they are great quality. They're German-engineered five-blade cartridges. You're not going to get cuts and razor burn. They're going to give you a close, comfortable shave, and you'll be able to change them out frequently because they're so well-priced. Harry's offer a high-quality shave at about half the price of other big brand blades, and because you'll be able to change the blade frequently because it's not... Costing you an arm and a leg to get new ones, you get an even better shave every time you do. Over 1 million people have switched to Harry's because on average an everyday shaver saves $150 a year on blades. 
because they use Harry's. They'll ship them for free to your front door. And that starter set that I mentioned, I'll just go over it again. You will get yourself uh, a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. It's usually $15, but you can get it for $10 if you use my coupon code PENADDICT at checkout with your first purchase. You'll get $5 off your first order. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and the code PENADDICT to check out for a special $5 off. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah, and once again, it'll be uh, Harry's Fest in our uh, in our room, our yep. hotel room at the Atlanta Pen Show, won't it? You bet. You bet it will. <laughs> That's, we, we got a huge kick out of that last year. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> There's Harry's smelling products everywhere. It's like a Harry showroom in Atlanta. All right. So who's who's ready for this pin show? I, I am more than ready. I, I need it to be here now. What about you guys? Yeah, I am emotionally ready now. <laughs> what about you, Anna? I I reserved my what I think now has become my official Atlanta pen show car. Mm-hmm. Which is I what? I can't remember last year. I will once again be driving around town in a Fiat 500. Yes. That's awesome. I forgot you did that last year. I I still have Casey's uh, um, nuclear green uh, car in my stuck in my head as the as the car of the pin show last year. But uh, unfortunately, we won't get to see Casey's car this year. So we'll we'll just uh, roll in your in your Fiat all over town. That sounds there. We go. We'll see how many people we can cram in the Fiat. (laughs) We should do that and take a picture of it. Although we won't send it to your to your rental uh, people. I don't know. Last last year. By the time the pen show was over, there was some weird kind of funky mold growing in the back in the <laughs> trunk of the Fiat that when I dropped it off, I'm like, I don't know how that got back here. <laughs> oh, man. That's when I awful. dropped it off and the lady's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know what this is. And she looked in it and she's like, ooh, I don't either. <laughs> I'm like, y'all need some carpet cleaner back here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You didn't spill any ink back there. That wasn't like some like no. And actually, I found rouge hematite or something. No, and um, I actually s- discovered it. I think this maybe the second day when I went to get <laughs> um, the birthday cake. Did you hear about this? I had I went over to the grocery store to get a birthday cake for the. Yeah. It was Jim Rouse, I believe. Yeah, was it for his birthday, yeah. and I went to open the the um the the boot to put the cake in. And I looked at there and I'm like, I'm not putting the cake back here. This is gross. <laughs> so I had to like figure out how to like fit it in the front seat on the floor and not like tip this giant sheet cake. Yeah. Luckily, you know, it's, those fiats are a little more spacious than you think they'd be. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's um, let's talk about kind of the schedule a little bit um, and then we'll kind of get into some details. Um, so the show itself is is the friday saturday and sunday what is that the 15th i believe 15th of april Mm -hmm. is the friday that show starts but uh i'm getting in town thursday anna i think you're coming in thursday i'm coming in thursday thursday you and bob mike you're flying in thursday yeah because i hope you're picking me up yeah we haven't discussed (laughs) that so i I haven't looked at your flight schedule so um yeah i guess i'll i guess i am picking you up now that you you say that (laughs) but since so many things start happening on Friday and so many people are coming in on Thursday. I wanted to do something a little bit different and have a place for us to gather Thursday night for anyone who was showing up. And um, Jimmy, the show promoter, um, if you hear me refer to Jimmy a lot, that's who he is. He's He puts on the show um, here in Atlanta. Um, he has been more 
like bend over backwards helpful in in trying to hook us up for anything we want to do whenever we want to do it wherever we want to do it so tomorrow i'm actually meeting him at the show hotel to see about moving rooms for from where we did the podcast last year was going to be kind of our meetup room too um and then show after party room we're going to try to get a bigger room um so i'm going to check out he he won't book the bigger room unless i come look at it first which is really nice of him but the good thing is that bigger room number one it's bigger Number two, it's right next to the bar. So that's pretty cool. So starting Thursday night, that's the plan is to have just a kind of a runoff space. A lot of us hang out in the bar, but it's not the hugest bar compared to, especially compared to other pin shows that a lot of people have been to. Um, so we'll have this room with just tables and chairs where we can all spread out and talk and try pins and play with inks and all kinds of things like that. So that's a little bit different. We have a little Thursday night, totally unofficial thing but we'll actually have a physical space for us to hang out Mm -hmm. at and then friday starts the show a lot of people have been asking um what time they can get into the show since a lot of people will be there thursday and even though the show site says noon um jimmy will let people i I talked to him specifically about this he said he will let people in early to kind of uh mingle go around you know understanding that not all the vendors might be not be set up at this time he said but if anyone wants to go in and start looking around he'll let them in probably as soon as like nine o'clock in the morning so uh that'll be that'll be good and then and this is your key like if you are in town and there are any specific booths that you want to get to for something or you know maybe you want to get some nib work done or something like that that's the time to get it done yes yeah and we're going to talk about that specific thing um here in a minute um <laughs> because you went off the rails first thing out the gate friday morning so uh we're going to talk about that it was it was pretty awesome so then friday night there is a, a show after party um at the hotel it's going to be sponsored by Goulet pins and knock um i know brian is is really excited about coming to the atlanta pin show this time him and rachel are coming from Goulet pins they're bringing their videographer um with them i know they're going to talk to uh, a bunch of people there i know anna you have time set up to talk with them uh, jeff and i are going to take them over to knock one day so we're going to do a bunch of stuff with the Goulets, doing some video and uh things like that um with them and then they're working with Jimmy on the party for Friday night and knock is going to sponsor that as well. So that should be cool. Like last year, um, Anna got the, uh, the great joy of driving through Atlanta traffic at 6 PM in a straight up monsoon from the hotel over to knock. What did that take us like an hour to get there when it should have taken us like 20 minutes? It was, yeah, it did take a while. <laughs> it was, you bad. were getting stressed out, but it wasn't it, when, when all was said and done, it was no big deal. Everybody got there. We were, we were all, a little damp but we had a good time <laughs> most of us were in a bus anyway so <laughs> yeah the bus the bus was uh one of the best things we did last year but in lieu of all that this year instead of taking people off site hey how about let's keep them all at the hotel and uh which jimmy's happy about i'm happy about um and everyone um won't have to to fight any traffic to get over to knock plus this year i don't think we could hold them i mean we blew the doors off knock last year as it was and mm-hmm. i know we wouldn't be able to hold them this year because our space hasn't grown but got a bit got a bit sweat in there uh, got a little point. bit yeah a little, little bit, bit sauna ish in there um the rain didn't help because we couldn't really mingle outside 
So anyway, that's Friday night at the show. Um, Saturday is another just regular show day. Until the evening, we're going to shoot for around 6 o'clock to do the Pananic Live recording, episode number 200. Yeah, so this um, part is like for everyone, because obviously I know that what we're doing here is, uh, for the vast majority of the audience, just making them feel incredibly jealous uh, of the show. Uh, but there will obviously be... Uh, episode 200 we are going to be planning on streaming live we did it last time we'll try and do some uh, tests this time to make sure we have everything uh, dialed in right but we're planning on streaming live uh, it will be three of us um, and we'll be talking about the pen show uh, we'll be talking about the things that we've come across uh, all of the we'll be talking about giving a kind of a wrap up and a good feel for the atmosphere so hopefully we'll be able to create an episode for you which will make you feel like you're part of the pen show as well um this will obviously be broadcast in audio uh, and the video will be recorded uh, for all of the kickstarter backers who wanted to get the video um and then afterwards we'll be doing a kind of show and tell of the stuff that the three of us have seen and purchased um over the the kind of the days prior the couple of days prior uh, and that will go out for the Kickstarter backers as part of the overall video package as well. Yeah, so that's hoping to be in this bigger room that I'm mm-hmm. hopefully going to get uh, set up tomorrow too, which is so convenient just to everything. I'm, I'm really hoping this room is the right size. Well, especially um, if we want to have an audience this time. <clears throat> yeah, so we're going to have an audience and we're also going to have an after party, which we didn't last year either. Yep. So we're going to do that hopefully in the same room. Um, we've got some sponsorships. Um, I've got some artwork in process for that. It's going to be kind of a yeah. pretty, it's going to be a pretty cool thing. Um, and then um, Sunday is just recovery. I mean, that's a big waffle house day. Um, it's a late morning at the show. Um, and it's just kind of a chill day. Um, everyone, uh, kind of wrapped up everything on Sunday and in, in a more relaxed manner, got some sleep, got some sleep in. So, that's kind of the general schedule. Um, I guess what I really wanted to talk about with this, um, and especially with you, Anna, is kind of what did you take from last year that you're going to do similarly or the same this year? Was like there any big no-nos that you did last year coming to this show? Or was there something that was super awesome that you're going to make sure to do again? Kind of, kind of what was your, what's your plan uh, this year relative to how things went last year? I... Um... What was so great about last year was the opportunity to meet so many people, um, both vendors and um, people who um, I knew from online. Um, So it was so great to just meet people and talk to people and um, swap pens and share inks and experiences and for me that was really the best part of it so for as much as i'm looking forward to an opportunity to look for and buy um you know potentially buy some new pens um i'm really excited to just meet and talk with people and hang out and see all my friends people that i met last year meet new people this year um you know get to see you guys again um you know, we had such a great time. Um, it's been a while since I've been to a Waffle House. They don't have them around here. <laughs> that's a highlight. I, I'm not even joking. I'm craving my skillet. Yeah, that's right. So, but uh, yeah, no. So I'm just, I'm just really excited to be there. And, um, and actually, for me, like in retrospect, I, um, I did get a couple pens that I liked. Um, I got a couple pens that, um, you know, a year later, I'm kind of tepid about. So I think, again, you know, in the 
um, excitement of a pen show, I think we get, you get wrapped up in, um, there's so many things to see. And so, you know, I love this, I love this, I love this, you know, you get all excited, and you end up maybe buying more than than what you intended to buy. So I think, again, this goes back to, I think you've said it before, kind of going with a list, knowing what it is that you're really looking for, um, you know, making sure that if you have a budget, stick with your budget. And it's not that I spent money I didn't have, um, but just being sure that, you know, you don't go home with something that you're like, oh, well, it's nice, but it wasn't exactly what I had in mind. I bought it because maybe it was um, something I thought I might want, but I got a good price on it, you know. And it's not that I can't. There's certainly things that I have that I can resell or give to someone else who may really enjoy it. I actually have one I think I might give you mm. Um, mm. if you're interested in it. I'm always interested. Um, um, but yeah, so, you know, it's, you know, and they were opportunities that um, I got to try some things that I've never gotten to try. Um, I had a great time at like Franklin Christoph getting to try all of their pens and all of their different nibs, getting to get custom, a custom grind um, from Mike Masayamo. That was awesome. Um, just getting to meet a lot of people. So. Yeah. What, one know. thing I would add on the budget and, and listing is have, have some stuff that you're looking to get. Um, this, and I think this applies for any pen show, really. And but I would say to have a little bit of extra, um, because you might come across something like last time uh, I came across the Sailor Pro Gear uh, because I can't. I think it was you had bought one, Brad, in all orange. Mm-hmm. Right. I saw it, fell in love with it, and now it's my favorite pen. But that I wasn't planning on buying it. Um, so you know I, that that would be my thing is d- don't spend all the money that you have in the world. Like have a budget. But maybe don't earmark every cent, you know. Yeah, for for specific things. So, what what other takeaways did you have from last year, Mike? That you're looking at doing similarly or different to this year? Anything? Uh, more caffeine um, <laughs> is going to be more lunch. That's definitely in the cards. Yeah, making sure we eat lunch correctly at good times um, and have good lunches. We didn't do that last time so much. Um, I'm a little bit more prepared for some of the things I was unprepared for. Uh, just the idea of like how crazy everything was going to be, even though everything's going to be dialed up again this time. Uh, but I'm just more than anything. I'm just excited to see everyone. Um, I was blown away last year at the, uh, the getting to meet people in person and seeing the community. It was such a nice thing. And, you know, the, the kind of the aspect of everyone just sharing, that was kind of the big key thing for me is just the sharing of everything. Uh, everybody was so nice with their time. People were, you know, handing out their stuff for people to try. Uh, it was just fantastic. And I cannot wait to see all of that again. At a, I think at a bigger scale. Um, I think there's the, everything that we saw last year uh, is going to translate into more and more people uh, being there from the pen addict community this time around. So that's what I'm really excited about is seeing how that's going to translate. And then in the years to come as well, uh, I, th- I think the more and more that, that we do this and the more and more that we make this a thing and we talk about it on this show, uh, I, you know, I know people, friends of mine that are coming to the show this time that didn't come last time. Uh, because of their their new love of the pen addict world, so I'm I'm sorry I'm just I can't wait like it, it cannot come soon enough for me now. Yeah, and I, I'll just you know add on to what both of y'all said. This is this is um 
the best like social event I have all year. I could almost care less about the pin show. The pin show is the vehicle to get us all in the same place, but just hanging out with everyone, talking with everyone, having fun, um, you know, sharing pens and paper and talking about silly things and going out to dinner or, or meeting up at the waffle house and seeing people that, you know, you only get to see maybe once a year if you're lucky. Um, and I don't know what to expect. Like as far as people wise, it seems like it's going to be busier, right? I mean, it has to be, but, um, we were so, you know, had our socks knocks off last year. Um, you, you want to say it's hard to top, but this, I, I keep warning Jimmy. I was like, I feel like it's going to be more people this year than last year. It's got to be right. I can't see how it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to make sure we have enough room um, <laughs> in the building <laughs> to, to handle everyone who's coming, but it's just going to be, it's just a really, really cool hangout. Um, and the, like I said, the pin show is, in itself is awesome. And Jimmy does a great job with all the vendors and, and getting everyone there. And you'll get to see a bunch of people that you've heard us talk about online. If you've never been out to a pin show before, um, but really just meeting the people and, um, and hanging out with the community and um, just really, chatting and, and relaxing and talking with, with other people is, it was far and away the highlight last year. Um, you know, way more so than, than purchasing any pen or ink would be, um, just hanging out with the people and sharing those experiences with others. I mean, those are, those are memories you, you take with you that it's not a fleeting thing. I mean, I still think about last year's show, you know, on a weekly, if not daily basis, it was just that, that much fun last year. And, uh, mm-hmm. I fully anticipate this year is going to be even better. All right, let's get out of jealousy corner. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have some uh, some great stuff coming up on the other side of this break. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the code INK, INK at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. I love that line. So many people these days have ideas, projects, things that they want to do. They want to sell stuff. They want to start a blog. They want to show off their photography and their artwork. These things are important to all of us. You want tools. You want a site that is going to help you express that with the minimum amount of work from your side. You know, you're having to learn things you don't know how to do and having it all supported. And that's what's so great about Squarespace. Anybody can build a great looking website doesn't matter what your skill level is. You don't need to know code. You're given the tools to create something that is easy to maintain, easy for you to look after. They have state-of-the-art technology to power your site and to help you build it. Squarespace take care of the security, the stability, the hosting. They're trusted by millions of people around the world because of this. All of their site templates look fantastic. They have 24-7 support in case you need it. They're there for you. It's brilliant. I've used it for so many projects. We still use it at Relay FM. I know Brad uses Squarespace for all of his stuff. If you sign up for Squarespace now, you'll get a free domain name if you sign up for a year, which is fantastic. So it gives you everything in one little package so you can choose exactly what you want your site to be called. Their plans start at just $8 a month and you get all of that. You can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required, so you can start playing around and see that Squarespace is right for you. Go to squarespace.com for that. When you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code INC. You'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the Panatic Podcast. Thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. 
All right, Anna, we have a bunch of questions here for you. Um, and ask TPA and ask Anna. We should have hashtag ask Anna um, when, we, when I did it in the uh, in the Slack channel yesterday or the day before. But um, I, I want to get your opinion on a lot of these. And, and the first one's from Ulisa on, on Twitter. She asks, do you have any suggestions for lightweight fountain pens outside of Lamy Safaris and Pilot Prayers? So what do you think, Anna? I looked through some of my reviews because I did do some uh, weights on some of the pens I've reviewed in the past, and I only found a couple that came in a little bit lighter. The Lamy logo is one gram heavier than a plastic Pereira. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the other one that I found? Oh, the Parker IM uh, Premium. Uh, okay, I didn't think about that one. Um, I think... I think I emailed you about it this morning, um, yeah. but it's the the one that's sort of the modern vacuumatic. Um, I gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. I know. And it's actually the same weight as the Prera. It's a little bit smaller size pen. It's aluminum as well, so it's not super heavy. Um, I'm not as big a fan. If I were to recommend one to someone who was looking for a lighter, smaller fountain pen, I'd probably recommend the Lamy logo first, um, unless you really liked the look of the um the parker um just because um the flow on the parker i find is not as consistent lamy's consistently perform really well that parker i'm still not i find that it kind of dries out very easily i like it i try to use it um but it's consistency like i can leave a lamy sit for three months pick it up and it writes that parker if I leave it sit for a month, I end up having to clean it out and clean it out and clean it out and then try to get it to work. So it's just not as a consistently um, uh, usable. But um, yeah, everything else I found was was kind of some variation of like a, a less expensive plastic pen, which is um, I think would probably have as many sort of technical issues, you know, like the um, like the candy who makes the can the the plastic candy? Oh, is that a sailor? Sailor candy. Sailor sailor clear candy. Yeah, which works okay. I mean, it's not, but I mean, you know, at that point, you might as well get yeah. a varsity. Yeah, it's totally a, you know, agree. or the platinum preppy, which is a lightweight, works great. It's just not very yeah. pretty. Yeah, I guess the Plazier, um, kind of the step up from the preppy, um, has a super lightweight aluminum barrel. The Prera is still kind of the like. The king of the lightweights. I guess the the uh, Kaveco Sports, the the classic sports, are obviously super light, but that's a pocketable pen. It's mm-hmm. even a little bit shorter. But I get full length. It's a, it's at least the size of the Prayer, though. So those are kind of the. I, I didn't think about the Plazier. That's a pretty light pen that that writes well. I, I did enjoy that one um, a lot because when you're talking about the lightness of the Prayer, that's getting way down there. I mean, it's to me like um, Lamy Safari and Pilot Prayer, as far as lightness goes, don't seem even seem close to me at all the prayer is so light it's closer to the the kaveka classic but um i i think that's some good suggestions for sure um i i couldn't really think of anything outside of that when you start getting into like the twisby eco or the the um the pilot metropolitan those are those are much heavier pins you know when you're relating them to a prayer or safari so you know if if light weights your thing Mm -hmm. um those are probably ones to skip yeah and i mean i have pretty small hands and I do notice when pens are um, sort of really wide or very heavy but if they're nicely balanced 
Um, I don't really have an issue with them. I mean, I even like the Karis Customs ink, which is a fairly um, wide barrel, fairly heavy pen, I actually find fairly comfortable to use. I always look at it and I think, I can't possibly hold that in my hand. It looks like <laughs> I'd have to like use two hands to use it because it's so much bigger than most of the pens that I use. Um, and it's actually quite comfortable because it's so nicely balanced. Mm-hmm. So um, in some instances, I mean, unless it's there's actually like a, you know, you have arthritis or some sort of hand issues that specifically limit kind of how much weight you can carry. Um, in some cases, it's just if you if the previous pens you've used were just poorly balanced or if you're trying to post a heavy cap on a pen that's not very well balanced, your experiences with a, um, a heavier pen that may have kind of tainted your experiences. <laughs> Well, I, I did want to point out that, that Carrie in the chat room did mention that Nakayas are very lightweight, and I can confirm that. I just thought we'd throw that out there. It's not really an option in this. <laughs> Slightly different price point. Well, yeah, you know, at that point, why don't you just have something custom made out of carbon fiber? Like, yeah. <laughs> Very true, very true. So uh, Todd Peppercorn wants to know, where is my Lamy 2000? And I'm guessing he means the blue Lamy 2000. I don't know. This was kind of a weird tweet in the way it ran off, but I think he's meaning like we were teasing that Lamy 2000 limited edition. Um, this is a big anniversary for them. And I haven't seen any more on that. Um, you know, I, I don't know where else to take this question other than that, except I will be super anxious to see what happens with this when and, and if it does launch this year. Um, I guess nothing, no news is really coming out. I haven't really uh, been been trolling the internets for all the the Lamy 2000 news, but uh, I, I'm dying to see that. So um, that's definitely at the top of my watch list, Todd. So as soon as I know something, you will know something. Now this next question um, from Chuck, who is the uh, shop rat at Knock, who that's that's my uh, that's what I call Chuck. He's a he's a good friend, good local friend um, in Atlanta that uh, stops by the shop shop about once a week. This was an awesome question for Anna, and um, you put together some things here. And Chuck wanted to know about flex nibs for lefties. I guess number one, Anna, can you talk about the challenges that flexing for lefties is, and then secondarily, I guess talk about what works well for you. Okay, first off, if if I'm going to see you in Atlanta, we can do a little demo together, and I can oh, actually show you what I do. You will see Chuck. Chuck lives maybe 10 minutes from the hotel and booked okay. a room for the whole weekend. So that's right, how much excellent. you're going to see Chuck. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna, to gonna be some drinking and some lettering going yes, on. Yes, he cut to the chase, so uh, good, good move by Chuck. Awesome. Um, first off, um, somebody had asked, uh, had mentioned also in the Slack um, that... I am, and I do overwrite normally. Like my hand is above my writing, and I think, um, Mike, you you and I have both talked about it. We both do it. Mm-hmm. Where, um, but in order to do flex pen lettering as a lefty, you're gonna have to go below the baseline. You're gonna have to come from below. Otherwise, you're gonna end up with ink splatters everywhere, and you're gonna break nibs and splatter ink on people, and it's not gonna be pretty. And so it's basically. Um, calligraphy and and flex nib writing is you kind of have to think of it more like drawing than writing and it's a different thing it's a different practice it's a different practice and by doing that it also it will help kind of think about it when you think about it that way um, kind of get you in a different brain mode 
as you're doing it because you'll be coming from a different angle. Um, so your strokes are a little bit different. Um, but one of the advantages I found is that um, a lot of people who are right-handed, if they want to learn how to do like Spencerian script, um, get those like weird bent um, nib holders, like the um, the dip pens. Oh. They have those like li weird little yeah. What's things. What's the name? Lefties. I'm completely blanking. <laughs> I think they're called bent. They're called like bent nib. Yeah, I know holders. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Lefties don't have to do that because we are already coming from that angle. So right mm -hmm. there, it's one extra tool you don't have to have. You don't need a bent, bent nib holder because we're already coming from the Isn't left hand oblique, side. Oblique, oblique, yeah, oblique nib holders. That's what it's yeah. called. Yes, yeah, in the chat room. Thank you. Yeah, never going to need one of those. Don't ever let anybody <laughs> tell you you need one because you're already coming from the other side. Um, but uh, yeah, I, my first recommendation it, as a left-handed person, um, if you want to learn how to do it, is the cheapest, easiest way to do it. It would be to go to an art supply store and get a nib holder and um, dip nibs because they will basically set you back maybe $10. Nib holders usually about $5 and nibs are about somewhere between a dollar and two fifty dollars a piece. Um, I, there's a place online ca called John Neal Booksellers, which is where you can get a really great range and they have great descriptions of what each of the different nibs are, how flexible they are, how stiff they are. So if you know that you have a very heavy hand, you might wanna look for one that's stiffer um, if you have a very light, delicate hand, you might want to look for one that's more flexible. Um, I use, um, I normally use a Hunt Extra Fine, which is kind of, it's pretty flexible, but not super flexible. There's um, another one that's the Browse um, 66 Extra Fine, not for beginners. It's super flexible. <laughs> you can snap that thing in half in no time. But it's really, really flexible. And um, if you go to a, like an art supply store, they usually um, oftentimes will keep them in like just drawers where you just pick out the nibs. And you can actually just sort of flex them on your thumbnail and see how flexible they are just by pushing the tines on your nail just to see how flexible they are and see some will flex a lot, some will flex just a little bit. Um, but like Speedball makes like whole kits. You can just buy a Speedball kit. Um, and it'll have a range of nibs. But basically you're looking for the pointed nibs, not the calligraphy where they have like the, the flat ends. Because those will be more for like a black letter. You're looking for flex nib you want pointed. So from just from us, I guess a motion perspective when you're coming under from that, or you, do you feel like you're... I guess, do you feel like your handwriting motions are the same? Does it feel like super weird or unnatural? Like if you're not used to that and is it like something you really having to work at or can you? Um, the advantage of coming from, uh, you know, basically your strokes come down from mm -hmm. sort of the top of the letter form to the baseline, you know, the line of the paper, so to speak, like if you're working on lined paper, um, as you come down, the stroke will automatically, by doing that, will become thicker as you come down and then as you're going up like say you're making like the letter b as you come down on that stroke the stroke down will be thick and then as you go up you're lifting up off the pen and it'll be thinner so it'll automatically have that right that correct weighting mm -hmm. for flex nib by doing gotcha. that gotcha gotcha um, gotcha so that that is a lot of what helps do that and that's why even for left-handed people, you really want to um, kind of work from that below your hand being sort of below the baseline rather than sort of arcing over. 
Um, and if that's, and it will be very awkward and uncomfortable initially for a lefty who's written their whole life kind of coming mm. from above or from the side. Um, there's a um, lettering artist on Instagram, Matt uh, Vertagas, I never get his name right, who does a lot of uh, brush lettering with a felt tip, like a felt brush pen, mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of the stuff that Jet Pens sells. Um, and he actually writes from the side. He actually okay. teaches a class, um, uh, like a video class on Skillshare. So if you ever, if you're left-handed and you've ever wanted to see someone who's actually a lefty do left-handed calligraphy, um, like brush lettering, he is the guy to watch. It's amazing uh, to watch him because he did not change his hand at all, but he does not, he doesn't do pointed pen. He does brush lettering. That's super um, but it's cool. We super definitely cool need to, to find that link it. for the show notes. Yeah, I, I was in there. Don't worry, I'm 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 sitting here doing <laughs> my digging. job. Don't you worry you're, about that. <laughs> you are professional podcasters. Uh -huh. There's no doubt. I got it down. <laughs> but, All right. So yeah. Let, so if yeah, for flex nibs and then um, I for flex nib pens, I use uh, Higgins Eternal, which is a permanent ink, um, just because <laughs> flex nibs behave a little differently. Um, on I'm, paper, I'm, I'm laughing because that's the uh, that's the ink he used in the visionary video, which is amazing. Sorry, really? Oh, you do not head. put that in fountain pens. <laughs> don't put don't put that don't in fountain put that pens. In fountain pens. <laughs> that's new. Oh yeah, I remember that. Sorry, oh, that was so good. <laughs> you just gave you just gave me like a flashback <laughs> that I didn't. I'm sorry, <laughs> that was not meant. It's it's like about two dollars and fifty cents a bottle for for Higgins Eternal. It's great for dip nibs. Don't ever put in a fountain pen. Yeah, and um, you can uh, you can get that at the same place you're getting your your dip nibs and, uh, and yeah, uh, yeah handles that too as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and the other option would be to try something like a um, the Noodlers Creeper or the Ahab um, if you don't want to actually do the dip. You know, if you don't want to dip a pen, um, but the Noodlers Creeper does require a little adjustment as you kind of because you can kind of pull the nib in and out of the feed to depending on how flexible you want it to be have you ever played with one until i broke it about 10 minutes into getting it yes Same. and that was my that was my last attempt um mm -hmm. i actually snapped the piston somehow i i don't know if it was already cracked or whatever and it was done um the nib seemed fine on its own just the pin itself was just junk um but I, that's two, three years ago. So I need to try, I keep swearing to, to get one of the new models, um, or try one of the different models of the, the new, flex pen. And I just haven't, um, I just haven't gone down that path, but I mean, we, we talk about them all the time just because of the price point, you're not going to get anything like that, like that nib for that price. So sometimes you just might have to deal with a little bit of, uh, uh, playing around with the pen to, to get it work exactly how you want it. Yeah. So, yeah. Those, that's my, those are my recommendations. I would say start with a, a dip pen, goof around with it for a little while, see if you kind of can get the hang of it. Um, and then if you're enjoying it, then you can graduate to something like a Noodler's Creeper or maybe look for um, an older um, vintage pen with a flex nib. And you don't have to necessarily go to like a Waterman vintage or anything. I have a lot of uh, vintage fountain pens that have bad f um, 
bad feeds and bad sacks and all that kind of stuff. But the nib is good and the pen is, is, you know, just fine. And it's sort of an off brand, no name kind of thing, but it has a nice 14 karat gold flex nib and I just dip it and use it. Yeah. That's perfect. And, uh, that's, uh, that's something you can like find at somewhere like the Atlanta Pincher, just, you know, going through like these big boxes of old parts and pins, pins that are kind of in, in bad shape, but might have a, a good nib that has some cool flex to it that, um, you can definitely try out. Very cool. All right. The next one is from seven photo who I was lucky to meet out in Los Angeles and she's awesome. And she had a question about EDC pen cases and knowing all the stuff that you carry, you are the right person to ask. So why don't you talk about some different sized EDC pen cases and what you use them for? I, I kind of laugh because I really, I do carry an excessive <laughs> amount of stuff with me. Um, but uh, so sort of, I kind of broke it into my small, medium, large, and extra large carries, depending on my mood. Um, <laughs> um, like going back and forth to meetings at work, I almost always, uh, right now, am carrying some version of a traveler's notebook. Um, I have, right now I have three traveler's notebooks that I use. I have um, my Foxy Fix um, Wanderlust in Butterscotch that I'm using uh, right now it's got my uh, rocker handwriting challenge in um, so it's a, like a field note size and I usually just tuck a couple pens under the elastic and carry it like that so that's sort of my EDC so that's sort of what goes in my pocket my purse and I take that with me and it's got it's got an extra notebook in the front that I use just for lists and various things and then I have my um, challenge in the back for work, I have my Van Hook um, Traveler's Notebook. It's the turquoise one that I got off of Etsy um, that has my calendar in it, plus work notebook um, and a doodle notebook. But it has a pen loop on the side. And so I usually slide at least one pen in there and then a couple under the elastic. And that's what I carry back and forth to meetings at work. And then I have my giant Cheek Sparrow Black Beauty one, which has a, a big pen loop that'll hold like one of the, um, like a uni style fit, like five barrel pen in it. And then I stick more under the elastic <laughs> and carry that <laughs> okay. around. But it's an A5 size. And um, so I can fit like I have some A5 sketchbooks and stuff that'll go in there. Um, yeah, that so one's really cool. One I, I, I haven't seen that one before. I, I really like the look of that. That's nice. The Chic Sparrow ones are really nice. I'll definitely, I'll definitely have at least the Chic Sparrow with me in Atlanta because um, it's her, the quality of the stuff that she makes is amazing, and those are made in the United States. Actually, they're all three of them are made in the U.S. Um, yeah, so those are sort of like if all I'm doing is grabbing a notebook and a pen, that's what I'll carry is like a traveler's notebook and a pen stuck in the pen or two or six stuck in the elastic. <laughs> um, but normally I, I tend to also carry like a zip pouch and please don't throw me off the podcast. None of them are knock. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Make me, me a big zippy case. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, I actually, but, I, I want, um, I like, I like just a standard open pouches like you're about to talk yeah. about just a yeah. big open zip, um, zip case. So we're going to, we're going to do that eventually because that's something yeah, that yeah. I want just to throw stuff in. Um, but I have had my Letter Writers Alliance um, member pen pouch now. And I, w I went back and found it. Like, I've had it since 2011. 
Um, and it's the one I go back to over and over again. It's just sort of that perfect size, which is sort of like probably the most EDC of mine. It holds probably a good dozen or so pens. Um, so yeah. it's one that one that I, I tend to carry most often. It's usually always thrown in my in my bag and taken with me back and forth to work. So it's usually got whatever fountain pens I'm using that week, plus whatever sort of regular pens um, and a, an assortment of other, you know, a pencil sharpener, um, an eraser, a couple of other little, you know, doodads that I throw in here and there. But um, the last couple of weeks, um, I've been doing a lot more with watercolor. And so I have a little travel watercolor set and it's too big to fit in the letter writer's case. So I've gone to this old case I've had for years, which is a, it's a Milo mesh case um, that I've had since art school. And I actually looked it up in line and they still sell it, but the only place I could find <laughs> it was uh, Rakuten, but they still make it. So this is the one oh, that I think you guys should find a new way because it says it's made in America, but it's the huh. only place you can find it is on, yeah, so whatever. Yeah, because um, yeah, so the, the 2014 colors is the the, the link. It's so, what yeah. they're listing. So, yeah, I don't know if it's a, like overages or something. But, yeah, I've had mine. I'm going on 15 years or something. Wow. I've had it a long time. Yeah. The design I want to make is just your your basic bank money bag style, which is like your letter letter writer's alliance, you know, just traditional pen, pen pencil pouch um, mm-hmm. in, in, in the in the style of like a, what you'd see for a bank bag, you know, where people are carrying money and checks back and forth from work to the bank. And you just don't see those things anymore. And, um, it's just kind of the perfect size to throw all kinds of stuff in and and carry it around like that. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. The, the thing I like about the Milo one is it just has this, an extra little mesh zip on the outside to put just like the little tiny things. So if you have like a, an eraser or, um, like little lead, you know, lead pouch or, you know cartridges for your fountain pens or whatever you can stick them in the outside pouch so that they're not in there with all your pens and get lost so but uh yeah and then of course there's my uh if i'm going out on like a sketch trip or i'm going to go to sit at the coffee shop and doodle or whatever i take my um 100 pen case from kipling which is ridiculous and i love it (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous is good but um they're they're um they're nice because they're, uh, the sides are a little, they're almost like sort of a soft side cigar box, mm. kind of zippy, zippy cigar box is the best way I could describe it. Um, and then they, people find them online, a lot of like different department stores or TJ Maxx or places like that will have them uh, discounted. So mm. on Kipling's website, they tend to be like somewhere around 40 or $50 for them, but even Kipling will reduce them because they come out with different patterns and colors every season so sometimes they're they end up being usually around thirty dollars for the case if gotcha. you get them on sale but yeah, yeah it, re- it reminds me of like a like a half-size lunch box like you're saying like a half-size portable lunch box you know and it's got yeah. some some dividers and but it's still got soft-sided but strong enough to like protect everything that's inside of it so yeah, yeah very yeah. cool yeah very cool all right last one and uh We'll, we'll let we'll free you from uh from our from our grasp t- today i know i know uh you know you're tired of um being on the same air as mike because he's kind of annoying 
terrible i'm so horrible i was just i was just seeing if you were paying attention still i'm still here don't you worry (laughs) so our good friend june is over in japan but she uh she found the the time to uh to check in and wants to know how you just you take all this stuff um out with you but at home it's got to live somewhere so what are you doing at the house for storage of all this awesome stuff that you have um well okay there's right now i have three strategies (laughs) um that's three uh, more than i have well yeah um they're not working so well because if you guys could actually see (laughs) the like precarious piles on my on my table right now you would laugh like i'm terrified they're all gonna slide and you're gonna hear all the noise of everything sliding (laughs) um but i i finally broke down and bought one of those what are they called the race race cog carts from ikea they're like 30 bucks um to put like all my art supplies on they are so sturdy like i now understand why everybody and their brother has one of these things like or three of them that's pretty cool they are really cool like next time you're at ikea just do it break down buy one i got the gray one but uh yeah i started off originally thinking well i'll use it to put like the stuff that i need to review on it and the next thing you know it was absolutely completely covered (laughs) with art supplies and i'm like okay i'm gonna have to get another one but yeah no they work awesome so it's all my colored pencils my um uh colored pens all this it's completely covered but um mostly like for the stuff that i use regularly like for reviews um gel pens brush pens felt tip i keep them in um pint jelly jars yeah so that I, they're I think divided that's a by good idea so they're divided by what type of pen it is so if i'm here's my roller balls here's my gel pens it's totally nerdy, but um, <laughs> jelly jars are super cheap. So I can get yeah. like a dozen of them. My grocery store carries them. So like I go in, I buy my groceries and I'm like, I need another flat of jelly jars because <laughs> <laughs> I have them at work too. Um, Cause I even like sort like my paint brushes based on these are acrylic brushes. These are watercolor brushes. They all get their own jars. It's very OCD. Yeah, that's perfect. No, I love every little single thing about that. <laughs> that's so cool. I I always learn so much from you whenever, whenever you come on. I'm like, you're, you're going to cost me money today. The nice thing about the pint jelly jars are they're short enough that um, your pens actually stick out of them. Like I, yep. a lot of jars and stuff like that are so tall that you only see like the top like quarter inch of your pens. These, the little pint ones are short enough that a good two inches, three inches of your pens and pencils stick out. So you can kind of, you know, feel around and figure out which one you're looking for. But the final step in my how do I manage all this crud is um, uh, I have a secret society of enablers <laughs> online. They're my good friends and, and they take very good care of me and they're very sweet. Um, but they uh, decided to do a charity um, auction for literacy and asked that people donate Uh, leftover you know if you've got stuff that you're not using donate to them they'll do an auction and then the money that's raised will go to this literacy foundation so so um basically i i dumped a truckload of stuff on them (laughs) that's such a great idea i cleared cleared out a lot of stuff and it's just i get review samples and i and i don't feel right about um selling anything you know or doing so a lot of samples a lot of things that i've reviewed or just accumulated 
it all went to the auction and everybody involved in the auction is also in this group online. So they kind of know where it came from. So <laughs> they know that there may be a page or two in the back that was used for reviews and that kind of thing. So they kind of know what they're getting into. So there may be a couple pages missing, that type of thing. So yeah, that's, that's how I got rid of a lot of stuff. So <laughs> and then after I sent the box, I'm like, oh, I have a whole nother pile over here I could have sent. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, I sent out you know, one of my Esther books in there on accident. No, there, I could have given so much more. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, I'll probably buy a bunch of stuff from the auction too, but I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, hoping that we'll, we'll raise a lot of money for the, for the charity. So awesome. that'll be fun. Awesome. Well, this is wonderful as always when we have you, Anna. And I can't wait to see you in just a few short weeks um, at the Atlanta Pen Show. Spend a few days with you and uh, just have more fun than any of us should be allowed to have. I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, I, I can't wait. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Anything else, Michael? No, I think that's about it for this episode. Um, if you want to catch us online, there's a few different places you can do that. Uh, you can find our show notes for this week's episode over at relay.fm slash panaddict slash 197. Three away from the big 200. If you want to find Brad online, head on over to panaddict.com or knock.co. He is at dowdyism on Twitter, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M and panaddict on instagram if you would like to find me online head on over to twitter i'm at imike i m y k e and of course you can find anna she is at wellappointeddesk.com and you can also find her on twitter she is well a p p t desk but you can find links to all of that stuff over at wellappointeddesk.com too uh thanks again to our sponsors this week harry's and squarespace and we'll be back next time until then Say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye.